You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm joined here with Ken, Jeff, and Matt. How are you all? Mm, I plan to be very serious today. You look very serious today. You came in with an overcoat and a fedora and a, a pair of brass knuckles. Yeah. I'm going to work you over, see? <laughs> Jeff, uh, you're his uh, his body body man, uh, which means you carry his bag and you have all uh, you know, the tools inside of Don't it. Don't look in that bag. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not feeling this bit today, but uh, I, I, maybe I need to get on board because Ken and I are going to be on the same team. It's going right? to be all so, serious from here yeah. on out. I feel like you'd be a good torturist. That the mob would hire you, you'd come in with a bag and you'd bring out some tools and say, I'm gonna get the truth out of you. No, um Is I'm, it safe, Jeff? I'm really bad at telling stories, so I'm I'm rather the uh tortuist, if you will. <laughs> you just tell tell people I'm actually until they give up and say, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> Matt, are you the torturer or the tortured? Uh generally tortured, yeah. That's retail life for you. <laughs> what about right now? Right in now? this moment. Uh bulls are down twenty, so yes, tortured. Tortured <laughs> sports fan. Well, uh, speaking uh, of tortured, um, the, the weather is getting nicer, so we're not really tortured with Don't the cold weather anymore. Don't talk about the damn weather. weather. We've had it, Neil. We've had it. <laughs> I was just doing it to get a reaction out of Ken, but uh, <laughs> it is fitting, though, because this is the beginning of May, and uh, we're super excited that uh, warmer weather is on on the way, to rhyme the, the term May. Uh, but we have some special guests here that are going to help us out today. Uh, first, we just want to give listen us Listen to what we say. Listen to what we say and do roll in the hay classic comedic method of explaining the joke makes it funnier so. exactly uh well our special guest here we're going to start with uh we have to give some congratulations to um coming all the way from tulsa oklahoma the last time he was on was episode 66 and that was his fourth appearance on the show which is absurd yep and he hasn't been on and i don't even know i can't do the math but this is three approaching five years, five years. thank you this is 313 but he is getting his five timers jacket today and that's our friend andrew brown how are you andrew i'm good how are y'all Doing great. Thanks we for joining us. You. Yes, we haven't seen you in a long time. Tell us what's been going on and, and how you've been and remind the folks uh, what you're up to. Uh, well, I am a teacher. I've changed schools since last time I was on. Uh, I coach football. I'm coaching track for the first time. Uh, I have my first track meet this weekend. Uh, I have a kid now. He's four. That tells you how long it's been since I've been on. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my life. Jeez. <laughs> and uh, is he named Ken Jeff Matt or Neil? He is not. Okay, well, that's okay. Ken McNeil Brown. That's disappointment. <laughs> uh, and uh, just for the listeners at home, they can't see you, but uh, you're rocking a pretty sweet mohawk. You said you did that for school? Yeah, I, uh, I do that. I start it around football season, 
uh, for I call it my my Warhawk. I spike it up during football games and stuff, and then I generally right before the summer I shave it all off and let it regrow over the summer. Cool, awesome. Well, uh, thank you for being here. We have your five timers jacket. It'll be in the mail, but uh, you're going to be playing today. And you're going to be partnering with Matt. We'll get your team name in a minute, but we need a host to play the game. And uh, it is pretty fitting, uh, this host being on the show today with uh, the time period we're in. Uh, we're right around Cinco de Mayo, and we're just going to take credit that we planned it this way, even though we did it, but we'll let him explain that. Coming to us uh, from Phoenix, he's a student at ASU, uh, a Sun Devil, uh, and uh, Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, Connor Greenwell. How are you, Connor? I'm doing great. I, for one, am not too excited about the, the upcoming warm weather. All It's only 100-degree days on the horizon from here on out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be here today. I'm from uh, Phoenix. I work at, I'm a pediatric pharmacy technician at a children's hospital and I'm studying journalism at ASU um, as well as Spanish. And uh, I got a really fun game, a card game for you guys today, but it's uh, the first 10 questions as well as the final round all based around Mexico. Um, so it should be fun. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here to host. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. We're, we're excited to have you here. Thank you for your support as well. Uh, and it uh, looks like Andrew and Matt, you're going to be partnering today. Uh, Andrew, you had a team name that you'd like to play with. Yeah, so I decided that uh, Jeff and I have, have uh, pretty similar skill sets. So I didn't want to be I didn't want to be teamed with him. So uh, the name would be uh, anyone but Jeff. And uh, that leaves me to be with Jeff. So I'm going to be Jeff all day, all day. You're going to be Jeff, Jeff all day. Or you're both going to be We're Jeff both all day. Be Jeff all day. Okay. I mean, Jeff I can give you Jeff be, for like yeah. the next 90 minutes. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be keeping score here and uh, probably, um, you know, just uh, standing in the corner here. Um, REM, whatever you want to say. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's throw it to the rules guy uh, for our rules. And Ken, are we going to do a different one today? Maybe the classic uh, music one we got from our friend Rue. Yeah, that sounds good. We we, uh, we uncovered that one again, and uh, it's great. So and here since we go. Andrew hasn't been here in a long time, we'll we'll play an oldie, but a goodie. The rules of the game are simple: two rounds of ten questions worth ten points apiece. In between. Thank you again, Rue, for that wonderful rules read. Uh, well, Connor, we're ready to go. Feel free to take the keys and run. Okay, perfect. Uh, so like I had mentioned before, uh, the first 10 questions are all based around Mexico, Mexican history, Mexican culture, and Mexican geography. Uh, so without further ado, question one, they put a city where? Multiple times throughout history, this city has been the most populated city in North America dating back to pre-Columbian times. Today, this city sits at a population of over 22 million people and quite literally sits between a rock and a hard place. Because of its uniqueness and long history, this city has be, uh, become known by many different names. Name any of the non-English names the city may be known by locals. All right, we are locked in. I think we have two different answers? Yeah. Neat. Okay, well, I have one answer. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Tenochtitlan. 
oh yes, I uh, watched a YouTube video on how to pronounce that once, and uh, I don't remember it, so I'll I'll leave that to you. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. We'll, we'll lock in with Tenochtitlan. I missed that YouTube video, so I'm gonna say it a little differently. But uh, Tenochtitlan. Uh, yes, I will accept that Tenochtitlan is the correct answer. The other correct answers would have been Ciudad de Mexico or CDMX. All right, question two. Hey, that's a pretty cool flag. The Mexica were the founders of Tenochtitlan and the rulers of the mighty Aztec Empire. But they didn't just put a city anywhere. According to an ancient prophecy, the Mexica were looking for a very specific occurrence as a sign from the gods telling them where to build their city. What was this prophecy? We're locked in. Ken, it is not the Christopher Walken movie prophecy. Please refrain from answering that. <laughs> this is like exactly what we've been studying in world history lately. So oh. this is great. <laughs> this, this worked out pretty well for you. Um, how familiar are you with this, Andrew? Uh, so I think it's something to do with like either an eagle or a snake. Um, it's. I believe it has to do with both. I believe it is yeah. an eagle with a snake in its mouth. Yeah, I believe it was something like that. It has to do something with like Quetzalcoatlus or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know yep. how to exactly phrase the answer, but uh, yeah, I think I think eagle with the snake holding a snake is uh is good enough. So we'll lock in with that. Okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, the way that they d- decided on the location of Tenochtitlan was they found the uh, eagle with a snake on a rock in a lake. So they're like, that looks good. <laughs> what can we bake? <laughs> Uh, well, that is correct. It was an eagle eating a snake sitting on a cactus in the middle of a lake. So question three, men's warehouse winter beverage. The Mashika finally saw their prophecy come true in 1325 on a small island in the middle of a lake in the Valley of Mexico. This lake is where modern day Mexico City sits, but at the time was the key to the rapid growth of Tenochtitlan as the lake allowed for the construction of many complex canals that were used for efficient irrigation as well as transportation throughout the city and empire. What What, what is the name of the lake? You're going to like the way we answer. I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we don't know this one as it turns out, so we're going to go the rock with the cactus and the eagle and the snake. <laughs> lake, eagle, rock snake cactus um, yeah that sounds good it's right great rock flag and eagle charlie <laughs> and it, it was strangely in english yeah wonderful the name of the lake um my knowledge of this is uh no bueno uh, i don't know this at all do you have any idea no i'm just trying to think about the title i'm trying to figure out what would be a beverage at men's warehouse yeah lakes <laughs> lake cerveza pantalones um i i got nothing here i really i really have absolutely nothing um yeah i don't i don't either unfortunately the unfortunately that's incorrect it's uh lake coffee suits oh oh that coffee suits ah lake texcoco that's right okay question four sugar we're going down when the spanish arrived in the 15th century they violently overthrew the Mexica and renamed Tenochtitlan Ciudad de Mexico, completely disregarding the Mexica culture. As part of slowly replacing the history of the great city, the Spanish filled in the canals and destroyed much of the infrastructure to replace it with European-style roads. Eventually, the urban sprawl of the city fully consumed the lake, cutting off the only natural water supply to the city. As a result, the massive city has resorted to pumping the groundwater beneath the city, resulting in what dramatic consequence? 
what do you what do you think that consequence would be, Andrew? I mean, I imagine it sounds kind of like desertification. Yeah. Of the area, I don't know how specific it needs to be or anything, but it kind of sounds like how that is. Yeah, there's no. Basically, it's a it's a dry land now, so. Yeah, so I think desertification would be a good, a good answer. Excellent. We're locking in with desertification. All right, they say uh, desertification, which is my favorite thing to do after dinner. But what do we say? Um, I'm pretty sure this has caused some substantial sinking of the city. Significant sinkage is what you're saying. Yes. Um, I think it's on the order of 10 or more feet that it's already sunk. They were on a um, pool. Oh. <laughs> so, so that is correct. The city is sinking at a rate of one meter per year. And uh, yeah, it, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty extreme. And uh, I don't think uh, Mexico City is going to be see- seeing desertification anytime soon because they actually receive twice the average rainfall of Seattle. Wow. Ooh. We're getting all these bonus facts too. Would have thought. <laughs> Question five. I didn't text you. Tequila did. Just a few hundred miles west of Mexico City sits the state of Jalisco. Jalisco is popular for many reasons. The birria from the region is unmatched. The beautiful city of Puerto Vallarta sits along, along its coasts, and the crystal waters of Lago de Chapla draw thousands to visit the state from around the world. But none of these are the most important part of Jalisco. More than 90% of the world's tequila comes from the state of Jalisco, and the other 10% comes from the surrounding states. But what makes tequila, tequila? Yep, we both wrote the same thing, so we're locked in. So I'm pretty sure it's made with agave, isn't it? Uh, 100%, and I believe... Uh... I learned this while I worked at MJ's and I had an extensive tequila sipping session where we were supposed to not swallow, but we all did. And we took cabs home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> agave. Uh, yep. The hipsters love the syrup. We said agave. Um, so unfortunately, the answer is a bit more specific than that. It specifically comes from agave azul in the town of tequila. Mm. Oh, okay. That makes so sense. even even blue agave wouldn't have been. Um, I would have accepted enough. blue agave. Um, uh, I, I, it's similar to champagne. <laughs> champagne has to come from the champagne region of France. Um, is that because mezcal can also be made from agave? Yeah, so mezcal is basically tequila that doesn't come from Jalisco. I thought uh, mezcal was a Scottish or Irish actor. It might have been. What about Pascal? Pascal, <laughs> I believe he's an American actor. <laughs> uh, well, uh, after that uh, swing and a miss on tequila, Matt's favorite uh, karaoke song, it looks like uh, both teams doing pretty good here. Anyone but Jeff uh, has got 20 points, and Jeff all day with 30. All right, moving on to question six, quarterfinals. The agave azul is just one of the many species that call Mexico home. Between 10 to 12% of the world's biodiversity resides in Mexico. This makes Mexico the fourth most biodiverse nation in the world. Within 5,000, approximately how many different species call Mexico home? Locked in over there. Um, I love these within 5,000 questions. They come up so often. Um, where, where do we start? I think I think we have to start somewhere around like 40,000, right? Based on the, the plus minus. I think it has to be bigger. Yeah. I'm leaning more towards 100 plus. Okay. But That's I'm not sure of- how high I go. Because, I mean, if you think about the the different countries that are in the Amazon with all the biodiversity is in the Amazon rainforest and stuff. Yeah. There's tons of plants and animals and stuff. So I'm thinking over 100. I would like to, I I think I'll be between 100 and 110. I think 105 covers that. 
I think, yeah, I think 105 is a good little mid-ground there. So we can lock in with 105,000. All right. We just went a little bit higher and said 150,000. So unfortunately, you guys are way off. I was hoping to clue you in with the the question name, which was quarterfinals. The answer was 25,000. We don't listen very well. <laughs> I wonder, do you think we're getting worse at listening yes. or yes. just worse at trivia in general? We're too casual yes. about the trivia now, you know, that the trivia just comes at us. Well, I think when we let a lot blow blow by. I think the issue is when we started it was just us, so we were super serious about, you know, trying to do our best, but now we have so many more smart people on the show that we can take a seat and let all the smart <laughs> yeah, people we'll, talk. We'll know we'll know we'll never be the best. That's right. Well, that's okay. We're we're content with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, question seven, we can crash on the beach. You know, I want to make love in the sea. What sea, named after a Spanish explorer, but more commonly known by a different name in the United States, is referred to as the cradle of the ocean due to its warm waters and abundance of sea life, including large mammals such as dolphins and whales? Not a good guy, but uh, maybe he's got a sea named after him. <laughs> you guys are I think in. he named a lot of stuff after himself. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be a good person to get things named after no, you. Most people don't. Unless it's like a hospital wing. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Um, so let's talk Spanish explorers. Who do we got? Uh, Ponce de Leon. Yeah. Uh, Ferdinand. Magellan. Magellan. Yeah. I, th- I think he's Spanish. He might be Portuguese. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Pizarro. Um, oh, Francisco Pizarro. Good guy. Maybe. I don't know. No, none of them. The odds are not a good guy. (laughs) The odds are not in your favor. Yeah. um, So I'm going to give you a clue. There weren't a lot of good guys Mm -hmm. at the time who were coming coming in. Yeah, they weren't coming just to hang out. Yeah, right. Uh, They had (laughs) ill intentions. Um, (laughs) I I I I don't. I have no idea. Ponce C. Leon is what I would call it. All right. Well, I heard that historically there was a, there was one good guy on his ship that came over, and he was like, "What? What's going on? I hate what's happening right here." He was a pretty good guy, but who do we say? I don't know. I think we were just stuck on the sea angle, and we went Cortez. That is correct, Marte Cortez, the Sea of Cortez. The other answer I would have accepted is the Gulf of California, which is what most uh, Americans know it by. Okay. Question eight. Not just another Margarita Monday. Most Americans tend to celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but do not understand the true significance behind the day. It is a common misconception that Cinco de Mayo is Mexican Independence Day, but Dia de la Independencia is more commonly celebrated across Mexico on September 16th. What was the true significance of Monday, May 5th, 1862? All right. Well, I got an unspecific answer. Hopefully that's good enough, or Jeff can come up with a more specific answer. But Potentially. Yeah, um, how familiar are you with with this um, this battle that took place? Uh, I'm pretty sure it, it's the Battle of Puebla, isn't it? Or the Mexicans yes. defeated the French? Yeah, it, they were. Well, I I don't know if they defeated them, but, but they that, yeah. they pushed them back a little bit. Um, yeah, I think they they won. They technically won that battle. And they were I very think. outmanned and outarmed, etc. And they pushed the French back at the Battle of Puebla. Yeah. Yeah, we said it was a great battle victory, but we we did not know the name of the battle. So hopefully, so hopefully we'll have a little bit of uh, grace. I got it, mercy on our soul. Yeah. 
Uh, unfortunately, points only for one team. It was the <laughs> Battle of Puebla against the French. All right. That's a true sun devil. No excuses. <laughs> He's tough. He's Do tough. your research. Tough but fair. When, when when we didn't get agave and it was blue agave, I knew it was going to be a tough game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question nine. Mexicanos al Grito de Guerrera. Mexico gets its name from the ancient Mexica tribe, as well as the valley they settled their capital in. Although the term wasn't widely used across the land until after the Spanish arrived and after the fall of Nueva España. Although referred to by many as just Mexico, what was the full name of the nation of Mexico? Jeff has showed me an answer and it looks correct or it's magnificent fabrication. So we're going to lock in. <laughs> um, do you know this one right off the bat? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the United Mexican States. I am also pretty sure that it's the United Mexican States. So we can lock in with that answer. And we locked in with Los Estados Unidos de Mexico. Which is what you said, but nicer. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that so is, do oh, we get uh, points and they get no points? <laughs> All the answers are correct. So it is oh, Estados Unidos Mexicanos. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> or the United Mexican States. <laughs> that was impressive, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, I yeah, my great best. job on the Spanish. I haven't taken Spanish point. in like 15 years, so... <laughs> Okay, question 10, final question of the first round. Uh, similar to the United States, Estados Unidos Mexicanos is a central republic composed of 31 free, sovereign, autonomous states independent from one another and one federal district where the capital sits. According to legend, when Fr Francisco Hernandez de Cordova arrived in this now state on the coast, he asked the natives where he was. In their native tongue, they responded, I don't understand you, and it was mistaken for the place's name. Name this state slash peninsula that is home to Shitsunitsa, 3.2 million annual visitors, and a dinosaur level extinction event. Uh, no real idea. <laughs> um, I know the Yucatan is down there. Um, maybe Oaxaca. Uh, you want to you go I, with. Let's go with Oaxaca, I think. Over okay. Yucatan. We'll go Oaxaca. And we're going Yucatan. Unfortunately, Oaxaca is on the opposite coast. It is Yucatan. Oh, oh man. <laughs> My bad. You said it, Matt. I My know. bad. That happens sometimes. It happens. It's all right, though. Um, everyone should be uh, pretty excited with the way they're doing here. Uh, anyone but Jeff, you have 40 points. You're you're still there. Uh, Jeff, all day. All with, day. With 60 points. So you're close together, uh, and you did, uh, I think, much better than maybe you expected, Connor, I would hope. Um, I got about similar results in play testing, but... Um, so we're average. We're not yeah, special. We're about Sorry. average. Sorry. We're not Louie. And we are Louis, gonna be uh, uh, for the second round, we're gonna be should have picked Jeff. Just so you know. <laughs> I, I do wanna shout Louis. out the the playtesters in the Discord because they were very helpful in helping me put this game together. Because often when I would ask my friends, family, and coworkers these questions, the common response was, I don't know. So luckily the playtesters at least tried to put together an answer and that was very helpful. Were they saying Yucatan or I don't know? <laughs> Well, speaking of the Discord, that was a that was a great segue. Um, please join us over at Discord. Uh, we have a, a great community over there. There's a lot of um, playtesting going on, just uh, general tomfoolery, um, some movie movie nights, some trivia. Uh, you can go into a voice channel and watch Matt's stream at uh, twitch.tv slash trivialitymatt. But uh, join us over at Discord. You can go to The Crop on Facebook. You can uh, hit us up on social at trivialitypod. But our uh, most important social is Patreon. 
and uh, An- uh, Andrew and uh, Connor have, have been a part of Patreon, so we'd like to thank them. But also um, thank everyone who's joined us uh, or who will join us. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast for a, a lot of wonderful perks. And Jeff, uh, I haven't thrown it to you uh, randomly in a moment, so do you want to just give a little shout-out about uh, what people can expect over there? Absolutely. What you can expect from Patreon is a huge thank you for your direct support for us. So as Ken says, it takes only just a dollar a day to feed a podcaster. Um I don't know if that's true or, or much, not. much less. But for $5 a month, you can get access to all of our exclusive bonus episodes. And any level of support gets you our episodes ad-free, which I think is super neat. Hooray. Yep. And just to, to make a note there, all of our new episodes ad-free, we still haven't found a nice option uh, for our backlog to be ad-free. We're working on it. but uh, yeah, just... It turns out that uh, migrating 300-something episodes is a lot of work. Complicated. Yeah. We've got a few emails and about it. And we're too busy but... trying to make new good stuff. Right. We're so. working on it, but all the new episodes from basically a little bit before 300 and on will be ad-free if you're at Patreon So and moving forward. But yeah, thank you to everyone who's joining us on patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast. Connor, what is the swing round today? For the swing round, we're sh- shifting gears slightly. This is called the Hella Mega Swing Round. So I'm going to read the lyrics of 10 songs, all of which are either by Weezer, Fallout Boy, or Green Day. You'll get five points if you can correctly name the band, and an additional five points if you can name the correct song. So without further ado, question one. Because you're just the girl all the boys want to dance with, and I'm just the boy who's had too many chances... I'm sleeping on your folks' porch again, dreaming. She said, she said, she said, why don't you just drop dead? Number two, I can't help my feelings. I'll, I'll go out of my mind. These players out to get me because they like my behind. I can't love my business if I can't get a trick down on Santa Monica where the tricks are for kids. Number three, where is your boy tonight? I hope he is a gentleman. And maybe he won't find out what I know. You were the last good thing about this part of town. Number four. Pay attention to the cracked streets and the broken homes. Some call it slums. Some call it nice. I want to take you through a wasteland I like to call my home. Number five, flip on the telly, wrestle with Jimmy. Something is bubbling behind my back. The bottle is ready to blow. Number six, hear the dogs howling out of key to a hymn called Faith and Misery and bleed the company lost the war today. Number seven, I heard you crying loud all the way across the town. Because you've been searching for that someone and it's me out on the prowl. And you sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Number eight. She says she's no good with words, but I'm worse. Barely stuttered out of a joke of a romantic stuck to my tongue. Weighed down with words too overdramatic. Tonight it's it can't get much worse versus no one should ever feel like. Number nine. Come sit next to me. Pour yourself some tea. Just like grandma made when we couldn't find sleep. Things were better then, once but never again. We've all left the den, let me tell you about it. Number 10. Do you know what's worth fighting for when it's not worth dying for? Does it take your breath away and you feel yourself suffocating? Does the pain weigh out the pride and you look for a place to hide? Did someone break your heart inside? You're in ruins. All right, the competitors are going to go over these questions and we will be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're back with our swing round answers and uh, we'll see how we did. We had a lot of fun with it, but uh, lyric questions are always tough. So let's get the uh, first set of lyrics. We'll see how this goes, though. Uh, question one, because uh, you're just the girl all the boys want to dance with, and I'm just the boy who's had too many chances. I'm sleeping on your folks' porch again dreaming. She said, she said, she said, why don't you just drop dead? Look, I don't blame you for being you. Um, we said Fall Out Boy, a little less 16 candles, a little more touch me. Can't blame me for hating it. Uh, we have Fall Out Boy, <laughs> uh, but I couldn't remember the name of the song, so we just said Sweet 16 Candles, which is partially correct uh it was in fact a little less 16 candles a little more touch me by fallout boy number two i can't help my feelings i'll go out of my mind these players out to get me because they like my behind i can't love my business if i can't get a trick down on santa monica where the tricks are for kids yeah it was a little difficult because you didn't do it in a falsetto but we knew it was weezer hash pipe Hash pipe. As soon as I, I heard it this time, I had hash pipe. Uh, we said Weezer and we said Surf Wax America. It was, in fact, hash pipe by Weezer. And I'll, I'll note that next time I read it, I should do it in a falsetto. Number three, where is your boy tonight? I hope he is a gentleman and maybe he won't find out what I know. You were the last good thing about this part of town. So I was sure this was a fallout boy because I remember the I hope he's a gentleman line um, and sort of the melody, but I couldn't carry it any farther. So we just said thanks for the memories as a guess for the mm. song. This is Fall Out Boy, but I think it was their first single. It's Grand Theft Autumn. It was Grand Theft Autumn by Fall Out Boy. Number four, pay attention to the cracked streets and the broken homes. Some call it slums, some call it nice. I want to take you through a wasteland I like to call my home. So I think we uh, shot ourselves on the foot on this one. We had Green Day for the longest time, and then we're like, maybe that's Beverly Hills. And we said Weezer, Beverly Hills. We said Green Day, and we think this is Welcome to Paradise. Oh, it is no. Welcome to Paradise by Green Day. Number five, flip on the telly, wrestle with Jimmy. Something is bubbling behind my back. The bottle is ready to blow. All right, so that last one was a freebie that I whiffed on. So if I whiff on this freebie, <laughs> I'm going to be mad. But we said Weezer, say it ain't so. Yeah, uh, the wrestle with Jimmy is what stuck in my head, which got it for me. <laughs> we said Weezer, Say It Ain't So. And that is correct. It is Say It Ain't So by Weezer. Number six, hear the dogs howling out of key to a hymn called Faith and Misery and bleed the company lost the war today. Uh, we said Green Day, American Idiot, but we may be the American Idiots. Uh, this one, I actually had no idea, um, and we just settled on it sounded a little Fallout Boy-y, so we said Fallout Boy and the Phoenix. The the company lost the war today line is really familiar. It is, in fact, Green Day, but the song is Holiday by Green Day. 
Number seven, I heard you crying loud all the way across the town because you've been searching for that someone and it's me out on the prowl as you sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, we said Green Day, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Oh, this is Green Day, but it's When I Come Around. Ugh. And Matt got it. It is When I Come Around by Green Day. Number eight. She said she's no good with words, but I'm worse. Barely stuttered out of a joke of a romantic stuck to my tongue. Weighed down with words too overdramatic. Tonight it can't. Tonight it's it can't get much worse versus no one should ever feel like. And I'm too. Never mind. I'm not going to continue. <laughs> uh, we know it's Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy. Yeah, you're falling apart during this halftime. Uh, we said Fall Out Boy, Dance Dance. That is correct. It is Dance Dance by Fall Out Boy. Number nine. Come sit next to me. Pour yourself some tea. Just like grandma made when we couldn't find sleep. Things were better than once but never again. We've all left the den. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> what was that lament, Matt? <laughs> because I know the song now. <laughs> I need well, the band. We, we said Weezer. My name is Jonas. Yeah. Uh, we said Weezer, but we thought it was Buddy Holly. Uh, it is My Name is Jonas by Weezer. Matt letting in a soft goal there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, number 10. Do you know what's worth fighting for when it's not worth dying for? Does it take your breath away and you feel yourself suffocating? Does the pain weigh out the pride and you look for a place to hide? Did someone break your heart inside? You're in ruins. This is a Green Day 21 Guns. Oh, that's a terrible Or should I say song. 21 Guns? <laughs> <laughs> we said Green Day. Uh, we didn't know which one, but we said Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Uh, it was 21 Guns by Green Day. All right. After the swing round, uh, it was the definition of a swing round. There's a lot of points uh, being had here. It looks like anyone but Jeff picking up 70 points, bringing their total to 110, breaking that 100-point barrier. But picking up 75 points is Jeff all day, wow. bringing their total to 135. Okay, That's round two. I'm hoping you guys uh, like round two a bit more. It's just uh, general trivia, so this should be a bit easier. Um, starting off with question one. Uh, his last name wasn't Snow. In 1066, William the Conqueror of Normandy launched a, successfully launched the most recent invasion of Great Britain, starting the current line of British monarchs. His conquest was backed by a strong claim to the throne when there was much doubt surrounding succession after the previous king died with no heir. What was William's moniker before he became known as the Conqueror? We can lock in, you think? Yeah. 100%. We are locked in. Andrew's got it. So William the Bastard? Probably. You think so? Could be. His last name wasn't Snow. Right. Is that? And Snow is, is the bastard name that people are given in the North in Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. It's so. not, not just like the White? No. Okay. We're going to say the Bastard, which is what I call Jeff, too. Jeff the Bastard. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I agree. It's William the Bastard. That is correct. It is William the Bastard. Which is just I should have called him Billy the Bastard. See, I would have rings off the tongue so much better. <laughs> that's, See, that's, a, someone, that's, a, that's his WWE name. <laughs> if someone called me Jeff the Bastard, I would definitely invade England. <laughs> and then you could be Jeff the Conqueror. I need a rebrand. Question two. There are many repeat city names across the United States. For example, I grew up in Miami, but it was a small mining town in eastern Arizona. What city name occurs the most times in the U.S. with 88 different municipalities? All right, we have a little hunch here, so we're going to go with it. 
I read this not that long ago, but I can't think of it. It it's interesting in the sense that if there's 88, there are mo- multiple states that have multiple cities with the same name, or at least some variation of it. Do you think it, it's named after one of the presidents? Is it like a Jefferson or Lincoln? I bet. I think it's Washington. If I'm trying to you remember did. correctly, I think it's Washington. I would, I would. That's where I was leaning was either like Lincoln or Washington. So, I also thought Springfield, but that was just for the Simpsons, so that doesn't help. But there are a lot of Springfields. Yeah, I, th- I think it's Washington. Okay, we were gonna lock in with Washington. Jeff wrote down Washington, and then he wrote down Lincoln, and I said no Simpsons reference, and we said Springfield. Uh, fool. So unfortunately, the correct answer is Washington. The <laughs> fool I am. According to Wikipedia, Ken, Springfield occurs only 34 different uh. instances, being beaten out by such things as Clinton and Franklin. Ooh. Question three. Throughout most of civil aviation history, commercial flight crews were made up of three members, the captain, the first officer, and the flight engineer. Starting in the early 80s, the position of the flight engineer was slowly phased out due to new technology becoming available. In what year was the flight engineer position entirely phased out? As a hint, this year saw many drastic changes to civil aviation due to the events that unfolded the year prior. All right, fellas, we're locked in. I think it's 2002. Okay. Uh, that would make sense based on the clue about the previous year. And that yeah, was the... When the only were, thing I'm basing it off of is that clue. So Yeah, and that was when I had lost my job as a cashier when the self-checkout took my job. So I remember it very vividly at that time. So I think I think 2002 is a good answer to lock in. Uh, we said the same. It is 2002. Question four. I know you know. The actor most well-known for playing Sean Spencer in the hit show Psych recently changed his stage name to his birth name to be more in touch with his, his Hispanic heritage. By what name does the actor go by now? It's an acting question, Ken. So I can't answer you. a single sight question right, Neil. Uh, and I'm not going to start now, so I don't know. Are you familiar with this television show and actor? Oh, I love, I love Psych, and I love James Roday Rodriguez. Ah, yes, 100%. <laughs> we, are, we are binging it from the start. My girlfriend has discovered it, and we love it in this house. And <laughs> It's James Roday Rodriguez. Great pull, Andrew, because it is, in fact, James Roday Rodriguez. I've heard it both ways. <laughs> <laughs> That's for uh, the question... six of you who watch Psych. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, question five. The longest contiguous border in the world is between the United States and Canada and spans a massive 5,525 miles or 8,891 kilometers. This is a massive difference between the world's longest border and the world's shortest border. Spanning only 0.15 kilometers, name what two African countries share this border. So it looks like Matt and Andrew are locked in. Jeff was over here thinking quite a bit. What are you thinking, Jeff? Not good things. I think I'm in the right area. There's like four countries that nearly come together in Central Africa. uh, And I'm trying to remember. So I'm, I'm guessing it's one of those borders, unless there's something else obvious that I forgot. Um... So, yeah, we're just going to say um, Namibia and the Democratic Republic of Congo. All right, Andrew, go over your African geography that you're okay. an expert in. 
well, I'm not an expert, but I'm decent. So okay. this is part of the world that I taught for four years with seventh graders. And <laughs> I was about 90% sure one of them was Zambia, and I was trying to remember what was around Zambia, and we decided on Zambia and Botswana. Uh, so um, Matt and Andrew got it. It is Zambia and Botswana. Well, two interesting things happened there in the first five questions of the second round. The first one was anyone but Jeff uh, batting perfect with 50 points picking up bringing their total to 160. And the second interesting thing is that's a lead change because Jeff all day picking up 20 points and their total is 155. So anyone but Jeff in the lead by five points. Okay. Question six is a math question. So you'll want to write this one down. Uh, So the scenario is you are a pharmacy technician working in a hospital dispensary. You'll be preparing a batch of intravenous medication with the following parameters. How many vials of cefazolin, as listed below, will be required to make, prepare the batch? Uh, the order uh, the orders for cefazolin, one and a half grams intravenously every eight hours. You are supplied with one gram vials, and you need to prepare a two-day supply. Uh, yeah, uh, you get one and a half grams every eight hours, so you need two-day supply, so that'd be six sets of one and a half grams, which would be nine one, but one gram vials. So nine. So nine is our answer. Yes, and in the exact same way but different, we said that uh, eight is one-third of a day, so we just multiplied 1.5 grams times three times two and then divided it up by one and got nine. That is correct. The correct answer is nine vials. (laughs) Yay, we get paid farm tech salaries now. I wish. (laughs) Uh, Nobody in the playtesting got that correct. Wow. Wow. Just don't listen to Triviality for more than four hours. You have to go to your doctor. <laughs> One and a half grams yeah. of Triviality every eight hours. Yeah, definitely <laughs> don't listen to four hours of Triviality and then call your friends and brag about it. <laughs> Especially if you have an erection the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't email us if that's the case. Uh, Just keep it to yourself. No, please do email them. see a doctor. Please yeah. do email Triviality if you have an erection. <laughs> Okay, question seven, the needle question. In the United States, the MPAA is responsible for setting the criteria and rating movies. Uh, The criteria limits factors such as violence, language, nudity, and other content that may not be appropriate for certain ages. For example, most PG-13 films are allowed one use of per film. But like most rules, there are exceptions. This 1987 film used the word twice in one scene. Later in this film, there is a surprise cameo, but they couldn't get Chris Hemsworth because he was probably too young to be cast in this role at the time. What was this film? Reluctant. Um, so the cameo is Thor, and I think I think this might be the Hercules movie that had was it Dolph Lundgren? Lundgren? Was he Hercules? I think it might have been him. Um I'm I'm I think that this might be a Hercules movie. I was trying to think of the Chris Hemsworth. What else is Chris Hemsworth for? Black Hat. Not the <laughs> <laughs> only Neil saw. <Sutton. laughs> I don't know. I don't really have an idea, so we can go with what you said. That's fine. Okay, we're gonna go Hercules. All right. I don't think it's the Adventures of Hercules, but I think it's the Adventures in Babysitting, because Thor would be um, what's his name again? Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio. It is, in fact, Adventures in Babysitting. Mm. Yeah, Matt, you were thinking of Masters of the Universe, where Dolph Lundgren plays He-Man. That is what I was thinking of. 
Question eight. The United States military uses a highly customized operating system on their warships, especially their nuclear submarines. Because they are some of the last users of this OS, they have dubbed it Windows for Warships. What is the base operating system for Windows for Warships? All right, we are locked in with an absurd answer. <laughs> Just absurd. It might not be absurd enough. We'll see. How far back are you going? <laughs> Windows 3.14 or whatever that was. Um, 3.14159, yeah. Yeah. That was a good release. So I served in the Army and was trained in communications, but I would not deal with anything to do with warships. Okay. That being said, we did do some stuff on Windows NT. NT? Yes. Oh, that was, but again, this was also 2009. Okay. Uh, so like that's the only in I have is we did do some stuff on NT. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it's uh, not that, I NT no stands for nice try. time. Oh, you, <laughs> what does it stand for? We called it nice try because it was not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go with NT. Windows NT. All right. I've got a weird hunch that they stopped upgrading after XP. So we said XP. The answer is, in fact, Windows XP. Wow. Well done, I Ken. I think I heard that I was going once. too far back. I was, like, I, I was starting at 95 and working backwards. <laughs> that our national defense hinges on XP. I swear, some of the stuff runs on DOS. I'm sure of it. Like, Okay, question nine. Before I read this question, I want to say my the clue on this question for question nine is my favorite one that I've written. So I hope you guys are able to clue into that. So question nine. Evening Sphinx. What island, which is not a nation nor part of any nation, has the oldest continuously running parliament in the world? The High Court of Tynewald was established by the Norse to manage money and laws on this small island ruling for over a thousand years of unbroken existence. All right, we don't understand this question, so we are tapping. I'm sure there's a play on word with Evening Sphinx, but I uh, can't do it. Not going to do it. Won't do it. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you what have, it? Andrew? Had Andrew a, seems had to know a, a little bit about these night cats or whatever we're talking okay. about. So follow my line of thinking here. So the Sphinx had a riddle, right? Mm -hmm. And it is what crawls in the morning, walks in the after, walks in the afternoon, and like walks on three legs or something at night. And the the idea the answer is man. So I'm thinking it's the Isle of Man. Isle of Man. That's the only thing I got. I don't know if I'm right, but that's what <laughs> it, that's in my head. I think Sphinx. Where did the that. Sphinx riddle come from? It was the famous in, riddle of the Sphinx. Yeah, the riddle of the Sphinx. From what? I don't remember. I just know from the Sphinx. The you don't, don't know, know him? What? It's an Oedipus. You can't just say from the Sphinx. Given All right, that sounds like a great answer. Tell them they're right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the Isle of Man is correct. So uh, you clued into the clue there because uh, not only is the answer to the riddle of the Sphinx man, but in the evening, man has three legs, which happens to be the flag of the Isle of Man. Because you walk with a cane. Should have been. Uh, Should have been a. a like a heat reference. That would have been nice. Heat or uh, black hat. <laughs> black hat. <laughs> Which we're going to bring back. I came up with a nice little um, speech exercise we can use before the podcast. The Sphinx wears Spanx, but Tom Hanks is a jinx. Okay. <laughs> I'm not doing You can do that. I'm not doing it. Okay. All right. Last question of the game. Yes. Last question. Question 10. The United States interstate system was established under the Eisenhower administration to aid in national defense after he experienced how difficult and inconsistent it was to drive from coast to coast early in his military career. The United States interstate system is numbered in order from south to north 
west to east, with highways ending in odd numbers running north-south and even numbers running east-west, with a few exceptions. What is the exception with Interstate 11, which runs from south Las Vegas to the Arizona border? All right, we're going to lock in. Uh, Jeff had a great idea on this one. All right, Jeff has a great idea. Does Andrew have a great idea? I mean, the only thing I could really think of is maybe it runs like... Instead of north, south, east, west, like northwest to southeast or southwest to northeast, one of those two, but I don't know which way it would go. I think yeah. it's northwest to southeast based on that geography. So we will say that it it travels diagonally from northwest to southeast. So my thought here is that the directions are kind of irrelevant because they can kind of double back and, and swerve around and stuff. So they any particular highway predominantly heads a set of directions. But I think the thing that's interesting about um, Interstate 11, if I'm picking up on the clues that are being put down here, is that it might not be an interstate. Uh, I think since he said it runs to Arizona, maybe they intended for it to go between the two states. But if it never leaves Nevada, it would be an intrastate, not an interstate. Uh, unfortunately, no points on this question. Uh Interstate 11 sits entirely east of I-15, so it breaks the sequential numbering order. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Another lead change, a new score at the end of regulation. Anyone but Jeff picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 180, but they're going to be losing that lead that they had after the first five to Jeff all day picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 185. Okay, so your final round categories are Tijuana, Mexicali, Nogales, Juarez, and Matamoros. All right. Interesting strategy uh, for betting. Looks like uh, Jeff all day is going to be doing 30s all the way down per Jeff's uh, request. And uh, you guys are doing zeros. So you're playing it safe in this final, hoping we whiff. So hopefully these aren't strictly Mexico questions because we might be in trouble. But let's find out. Okay. Question one, Tijuana. Tijuana is the birthplace of this UFC Ultimate Fighter Champion, current UFC flyweight title belt holder, and the first ever Mexican-born UFC champion. Number two, Mexicali. Mexicali is not only the capital of Baja, California, but is the furthest north point in Latin America. What is the southernmost point in Latin America? Question three, Nogales. Interstate 19 that runs from the border at Nogales to Tucson, Arizona is the only interstate in the United States with what on its official road signs? Number four, Juarez. The border crossing between El Paso and Ciudad Juarez is the second busiest in the United States and Mexico with over 12 million vehicles per year and over 100,000 people per day. But no border crossing in the United States is the busiest in the world. What two Asian countries share the busiest border crossing in the world? And question five, Matamoros. Matamoros and Brownsville are the easternmost border towns on the Rio Grande. Just east of these towns, the Battle of Palmito Ranch was fought. This was the final battle in what war? All right, we will consider these answers and we'll be right back. 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. The answers are now locked in, so it's time to find out who will be the cream of the crop with these answers. So what are the questions one more time? Question one, Tijuana. Tijuana is the birthplace of this UFC Ultimate Fighter champion, current UFC flyweight title belt holder and the first ever Mexican-born UFC champion. Okay, so you said flyweight, so I wonder if that's maybe a female fighter. And uh, I can name maybe one, and we said Namajunas. Okay, uh, this was actually the only one we knew for sure. Uh, and it's, um, it's Brandon Moreno, but we're just going to walk in Moreno. Uh, it is, in fact, Brandon Moreno. Question two, Mexicali. Mexicali is not only the capital of Baja, California, but is the furthest north point in Latin America. What is the southernmost point in Latin America? Presuming that this is in South America somewhere, we said Cape Horn. That was about as south as I could name. Uh, yeah, we didn't really know this one either, and we didn't want to think too hard about it. And uh, I think Tierra del Fuego is somewhere south, so we said Tierra del Fuego. Uh, it is Cape Horn in Chile. Question three, Nogales. Interstate 19 that runs from the border at Nogales to Tucson, Arizona is the only interstate in the United States with what on its official road signs? So we're going to say that it is the only interstate with kilometers as the official measurement as opposed to miles. That's an interesting thought. Uh, we said it's the only one with Spanish language on it. Uh, it is the only United States interstate with the official roadsides in kilometers. Question four, Juarez. Uh, basically, what two Asian countries share the busiest border crossing in the world? 
Uh, I believe that this is Malaysia and Singapore. Mm. Uh, we really hope that it's our answer because we need them to get this wrong. And we said it's China and India. Uh, at over 350,000 people per day, uh, it is Malaysia and Singapore. Question five, Matamoros. Uh, the Battle of Palmito Ranch was the last battle in what war? This one really bugged me for a minute because I kept trying to think of Mexican wars because that's kind of the vein we've been in. And then I realized it's not, and I think it's the American Civil War. Yeah, we didn't think about it too much because we didn't bet zero. Uh, we said Spanish-American War, but yeah, I was thinking about it, and I'm pretty sure it is the Civil War, and it was in Texas. It is the, the United States Civil War. Well, the scores have been tabulated, and anyone but Jeff trying the strategy of zeros all the way down, which was a good strategy. It just didn't pan out for them because <laughs> Jeff all day picking up 90 points, bringing their total to 275, making them today's cream of the crop. Are you Carly Simon? Because nobody does it better. You're the cream of the crop. A great strategy, except for the part where it didn't work at all. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give it up to my boy Jeff here, uh, pulling pulling us through the final round there. I did pull my weight in the uh, the regular game, but uh, yeah, we wouldn't you came, have gotten you came through hard. We wouldn't have gotten final. that far if it wasn't for you. So you went limp in the final round, but Jeff carried you to the promised land. Right, it's like Sam and Frodo. <laughs> exactly like Sam and Frodo. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Mr. Frodo. All right. Well, uh, now that it's got weird in here in the Triviality Sweat Lodge, uh, we're just going to go thank our guests for for joining us today. So uh, Five Timers Club for Andrew. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Sorry it took, I guess, what, five years for you to get back here, but uh, it's always a pleasure having you. Any uh, shout outs, anyone you like to say hello to, uh, parting words before we let you go today? Nope. Just uh, I'll probably play this for my students at some point, Uh especially my ap kids because we'll be have done with the ap test by this point so we don't really have anything else to do for them so yep <laughs> yeah, well, i'll bleep the dirty stuff mostly yeah shout out to the kids hope you enjoy this episode and, and maybe come along with us for the rest of them uh, and some of the old ones too so thanks andrew for joining us and uh connor wonderful game thank you for uh, just having a bunch of different flavors in this game and uh we learned some things and we found some things out there was a little bit of follow-up a little bit of everything but any uh shout outs or final words from you uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I do have a few shout outs. I wanted to thank Louie, Casey, and Hannah for all helping with the playtesting. Um, I also need to shout out my coworker, Flo, who shop swapped shifts with me so I could be here today, um, or else I wouldn't have been able to record with you guys. Um, I also have a podcast of my own that's travel-based. It's called Voyage Sphere. It's on Spotify if you want to check that out. Thank you once again, Connor, for putting together today's game. And one more big thank you to Airwave Media, our new network. If you go to airwavemedia.com, you can find a lot of great shows to listen to on top of ours. And uh, Ken, what are some of those shows? Well, you got Fork in the Road. You got uh, Southern Gothic. That one sounds good. And you got Facts. I think your that's brain on facts. Your brain on facts. Yes. My logo LaBouche. just says Facts. <laughs> it does. It's a good I logo. Like. It's a brain and facts. Yeah. The logo is more facts on your brain, but either way, your brain on facts. Excellent show. So yeah, definitely check out airwavemedia.com. Uh, go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast to help support the show like uh, all of the wonderful listeners who do. And uh, for Jeff, Ken, Matt, Andrew, and Connor, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Triviality.